Welcome to the Weekly Hijack. Hello. Hello. I think in honor of today's episode, we should do the whole um, podcast telepathically. Hmm. Nah, you guys weren't not. doing that already? Oh, yeah. Well. No. All right. <laughs> Tim, today's episode is... A Tragedy of Telepaths. Dun, dun, dun. Which, honestly, I thought with that title like that, I thought this episode was going to be more final than it was. Well, yeah. I thought. I mean, yeah. I was anticipating. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. It's like, ooh, is this the, the actual climax of this this arc. It's the penultimate peril um, <laughs> of the telepath. I guess so. Thing crisis. I guess. It was. What do you think, Brianna? Well, I, I was expecting more because you were like, "Next episode, yeah, stuff's gonna happen." Yeah, well, I, I mean, stuff did happen. We but. thought, but yeah, again, just based off the title, so eh, it's still dragging on a bit. So, what's the next one called then? Rising Phoenix. That's not a good name. I think. Something like that. It's where uh, this is the crossover with uh, X Men. Jean Grey shows up, and <laughs> That'd be awesome. Jeremy Ironheart shows up too. And so unfortunately, Magneto is a bit overpowered in Babylon Five because the whole thing mm. is made out of mag- metal. So mm. that would yeah. just like crush the whole thing, you know? <laughs> or at least the entire section where the telepaths are. He's like, mm, like no, I'm, I'm sick of telepaths. Investors like, let's you and me join teams. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> And oh. like, I, he'd be more interested in Professor X, maybe. Well, that's true. He's, a, he's an actual telepath. He's an actual telepath. I know, but they're all uh, evolutions of normal mankind, uh, though. Fester in, like, Cerebro. <laughs> oh, that's terrifying. Oh. <laughs> you were talking this episode, it would be, it'd be fun to have... Uh, uh, a dinner party between Ben Linus and... Um, <laughs> and Fester. Yeah. That'd be amazing. That'd be terrifying. <laughs> terrifying, and a, but amazing. But you can tell we're, we, we're enjoying talking about other things as opposed to this episode because we're kind of sick of telepath stuff at this the, the point. Problem is, the problem is, like, everything seems like a build-up to, it's like, we keep building. Well, like, the, the scene, you, it, like, it was cool to have Lockley creep into the telepath stronghold and all that stuff. But, like, when they actually had their conversation, oh. it, it wasn't anything new. They said the same things they've been saying this entire time. Like, Lockley, like... It was nice to see her kind of involved and be like, okay, we're going to try to do this. Her calling Bester, like, seemed like a horrible idea. Simultaneously, really probably the only thing to do at this point. Yeah, there was no other way to get him Get, get this taken care of. And yeah. Bester actually, as weird as this, does care about telepaths. The telepaths don't want to be cared by him. I came but to that creepy realization, too. Like, he does care. The problem is... But only about that. Yeah. The Telbus don't want to be cared by Bester because... Because no. <laughs> he's Bester. And, yeah. And yeah. Psychor Cy- is generally terrible. Yeah. So it's... <laughs> one of those very thorny situations. And the fact that it keeps dragging on for so many episodes mm-hmm. is very problematic. We did have that one little skirmish. Yeah. With the... A little firefight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, you know, it was interesting. Those look more like laser blasts than the PPGs we've seen. Did you those, notice that? Those did look different. I yeah. thought that was weird. I, I don't know what was going on there. Like this entire plotline is fun, but also doesn't necessarily... I mean, it do, it is one more, oh, yeah. like, repercussion of the war sort of thing and tie up Natoth loose end, but it doesn't really move anything forward. I bet it was kind of... Supr- were you surprised to see him talk? Yeah, I was like, wait, who... Oh, oh, oh her, oh. <laughs> is that... Was that the original actress or is that the replacement I one? think that's the original. Yeah, I think so. From what okay, I that's recollect. what I thought. Yeah, um, yeah. That's like... Season one Oof, actor, yeah, bringing bringing her in. So nice, nice to wrap up that that plot line. I think that way. And yeah, and and yeah, it doesn't have anything really to do with the overarching Centauri plot line, but I think it's entertaining. Yeah. It, no, it was entertaining, and it says uh, a lot about Londo too. It's, his change of yeah, yeah. Because we saw this shot when he was sitting there watching the Narn Homeworld. 
yeah. bombed. And mm-hmm. she's describing what it was like on the surface. Uh, and now he's completely changed. I mean, he's yeah. really very different. We saw, It was interesting. We saw some of Jakar's old wrath come out in a way we haven't seen it in yes. a while. Yeah. I missed that. <laughs> but he was more calmed down later as, you know, Londo was true to his word and, well, he had a ang- very angry bodyguard on his hand. So yeah. he's like... And he did the right thing. And, and you know, season five is largely like, like, I guess Sheridan had the whole, like, hey, I thought we won this war. Why does it keep being hard? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that there's a mess after wars. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the Natoth plotline, at least, is like, and there's all this, all these leftover things from war, you know, the Natoth had just forgot, forgot. And I'm sure there's all sorts of just, like... Well, that story about the, the guard that <sighs> just had to stand guard in that same spot, and it was just because of the flower 200 years ago, like... That is crazy. That's the way government actually works, though. <laughs> like it is, and it was a very, it was a clever story for explaining uh, Londo's position. Like these things just happen. Yeah. It's like it really wasn't personal in this particular case, probably. And it's kind of sad that it wasn't personal, and there's yeah. so much suffering from that, it. I mean, that's a huge other problem about Centauri government, and yeah, governments in general. But it <laughs> yeah. seems very much yeah. in line with the way Centauri bureaucracy works. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, these kind of things happen in a monarchy. Like, yeah, it's I guess, like, like... Jakar's like, okay, but fix it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do something. Which, again, uh, outside of Londo's character in, in, in a way, but again, shows some growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because nice. his, his first instinct is like, well, okay, in due time, I'll do something when it's convenient for me. I can't do it something now. He's like, no, you're going to nah. do something now. Okay. But then on the other hand, we saw like a glimpse of old Londo where he's acting, he's pretending to be drunk and, you know, like, mm. and he'll be like, I'm going through the corridors. But yeah, no, this is a great scene, but he's like, oh, I need to get back to Babylon 5. <laughs> <laughs> Babylon 5 where things are quiet. Well, not quite, but... And this, I think this episode does a better job of the Alliance members, you know, they're bickering, sort of just how badly timed the telepath thing was yeah. <laughs> for them. I mean, it's like, they're super paranoid. Yeah. And again, I, I and mean... And somebody knows all their secrets now. Yeah, exactly. And Adrazi's always been a little quick to whatever, but on the other hand, I guess you would get... I mean, they've always been against each other. You don't just instantly, like, yeah, I'm just going to trust these alien races. Yeah. You know, so it kind of, I mean, makes it... Sense to a certain extent from the and that one Burkiri ambassador has also always been a little bit on the like antag not quite antagonistic but he, like pr- he, prickly side. I guess yeah, he doesn't so. want to be. He, he does like making agreements. He's like, we're we're gonna do our thing. I just, except when he wants the alliance to protect him. I remember that. Remember the one episode where Sheridan kind of like, oh yeah, convinced them without oh, yeah. really yeah. like my mind trick them. Yeah, to like make them go along with what he wanted them to do. <laughs> And that guy was like, "You can't trick us, Sheridan. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to go along with this." And Sheridan's like, "Okay, all right." And seriously, it's like Sheridan. Yeah, you made this alliance thing, but like these guys have never like, outside the Shadow War when they were all gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't work with each other. I mean, that's a long term process. It is, yeah. Especially without Ivanova. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I feel like she could have really been a, a a driving force in the the alliance. I'm really curious. Was Elena in this episode? Uh, yeah. She was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she was. I'm very curious how this would have all played out with Ivanova. She's it. supposed to have done some of the telepaths, like she, Lita's part to a certain extent. To a certain extent, I feel like she wouldn't have fell in love with. I don't think she would. Well, no. Here's the problem. Man. I think I think the problem was I read somewhere that Byron is supposed to have some overtones of Marcus about him. Oh, Marcus uh, has just died. No, but, but I don't know. I don't know if it would like been a like crazy this. Bad Marcus. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, 
again, this is all like theoretical stuff. Because yeah. like it would have not just been a matter of Ivanova staying around. I feel like like in the perfect world, like it would have telepaths themselves would have been quite different. And I don't I, know. I feel like she'd be a bigger like between Sheridan and the telepaths, like be defending telepaths, but in a more direct manner than Lita's very yeah. passive. Well, you know, she Lita stands there half the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ivanova would not have done that. She would have been like. No, we're doing this, and we, we got to do this. I, it does kind of make you wonder if, if Ivanova and Lita had been around in this season, like, would Ivanova had been kind of like you're saying that middle person, and then Lita would have been more along the lines of like following the rest of the cult, maybe yeah. not in a romantic sense. Yeah, I don't know, but but yeah, she would. I think she just still would have been part of the cult because that was kind of the direction her her character was going. going yeah, yeah, that's probably true. It would be yeah, it would have been very interesting alternate history. Yeah, <laughs> again. Love the season. It'd be interesting to read some fan fiction about that. Just mm-hmm. kind of tweak what it and see been. what could have been. I wonder. I bet there is some like that somewhere. But I, th- I think next time we actually get the end of the telepath thing. It seems like that's what we're leading to. Oh, I mean, we've sure. got the uh, we've <laughs> well, we do have like the psychor troops there and stuff. I mean, like something that. big's going to happen one way or another with the bloodhounds there. Yeah. So who knows? Um, let's see. Do we miss anything? That was most. I mean, the story plot was entertaining. The telepath I thought was stronger this time than last episode, partly just because of mainly talking about the telepath as opposed to them doing stuff. That's always good, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And like I mean, and like I said, the the conversation between Lockley and Byron didn't really seem to accomplish anything or cover any ground. It was almost for Lockley to, you know, for us to see that Lockley cleared her her hands of it. Yeah, Yeah. but I mean, it was the situation. It was actually interesting to see the standoff and what how the Mm. telepaths were defending themselves and. more just because the episode started with her like it was going to be a Lockley centered episode and then it kind of wasn't yeah I mean not in the way that I would have expected yeah again probably another I, see, I, I don't want to keep always like making this excuse of the season yeah. is not being what it was supposed to be but yeah. you could tell they they one of the reasons probably they had they had that intro with her was to we had never seen her do something like this where yeah. she was like taking off her jacket and crawling through the air ducts yeah. and stuff like that. So it was good to see her kind of like morning routine and exercise and like she's got that girl's got some muscles on her. So <laughs> so I mean again if this was Ivanova you wouldn't have needed to do that sort of yeah, like character establishing yeah, stuff. Yeah. So anyway, I I think that's all I got. That's all I got. You don't uh, want to do a spoiler? No, no there's nothing to spoil. <laughs> well, I did think of something in the middle but I don't remember. It's not coming to me right now. I thought Garibaldi's conversation about what, how he marked time with between wars was interesting. Yeah, I thought that was a nice scene. And I guess I guess you could say that um, when the Drazi guy left, he's like, all great falls start with a mistake. This was yours, Sheridan. And it's interesting that with this whole telepath crisis and these other crises, we, we, we know we've seen bits from the, the future yeah. that the... Alliance had a very rocky start, and we're kind of seeing some of that now. We know the telepath stuff was a bad idea and didn't end well. Yeah. yeah. So it's in, it's just interesting in light of the hints that we've gotten of where the Alliance is going and that stuff. But anyway, we'll wrap this up. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Hijack. Be sure to listen to our main podcast, The Old Trains of Thought, where we talk about all matter of storytelling. Until next time, this is Tim. This is Nick. This is Brianna. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.